Hi, welcome back to North of the Wall. We're your hosts, Colin Campbell and Justin Perez. Hey. And we're going to jump right in because this is how Game of Thrones rolls now, as they just go right from place to place as fast as they humanly can. So that's how we're going to do this podcast episode, I think. <laughs> there was a lot of time-space continuum falling apart in this episode. <laughs> They're all varies now. They're all traveling like varies. Right. I like it. I'm, <laughs> I'm on board for this speed of episode, I think. There's definitely, I mean, it's it's because they don't have a lot of time left. I think, though, that when we, I mean, we still have to see how the next, let's see, two episodes this year, and I think another seven next year, or maybe six next year. Oh, yeah, they're, they're um, running rapidly out of time. So, yeah, so we're under 10 at this point, total. I think we're going to look back, like, after the whole series is done, and realize how sort of poorly paced it was. Because a lot of the middle was pretty slow. Why wasn't Daenerys in Westeros like in season four? They could have drawn out this stuff over many years, yeah. and instead they're drawing it out over like a few hours. Yeah, they had um, they had whole episodes that took place like walking over a hill. Right. Yeah. And now they can time travel <laughs> almost. <laughs> I was comparing it to um, if you play D and D, you don't play D and D. If anyone out no, there I plays D and D. You're all start. You start off as like level one, you know, with wooden swords, and and you have like you maybe don't have a horse. You probably don't have a horse. Like horse is a pretty big deal, and also like takes feeding, which nobody takes care of anything living in D and D. But by the end of it, by the time you're like, if you played for a couple of years and you're high level, you have like starships and you know and, and teleportation stones and everything else because traveling is boring and you don't want to like stop right. to have the random encounters with wolves so that was yeah. probably what so that's that, basically that's the game of thrones writing room yeah <laughs> i'm all about it but it's, it's time yeah so it's uh, episode five east watch just called east watch that's all so right. it was not I thought the this, uh, episode yeah. was going to be a lot more about actual east watch i thought so too i thought it was going to be a, like the battle of east watch and right I'm more no, on board. No, we just got a little taste. Yeah, I think I'm on board for what 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 it is. Yeah. What were some of the major beats? So running through it, we st- we kick things off with just after the battle, and mm-hmm. I have no. I st- the rules of a- aquatics are broken <laughs> again. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. So there's the river next to where they fought last episode. Yeah. But it's also sort of an ocean. Bron is an amazing swimmer. Yeah, he's like a mermaid. Yeah. Because he can drag a whole man dressed up in armor just up the water. <laughs> I don't know what they gained by the whole end of the last episode with Jamie descending into the... Because no one thought he was dead. Right. And I mean, they had to do something so that it could be... So he could not just be standing in front of the dragon. Because otherwise the dragon just eats him. And I guess it but was... But yeah, there's, there's no, there was no real gain from it it was a pretty stupid cliffhanger ultimately i guess in in retrospect it the only thing i can say for it maybe is that it was a transformative experience for him and him going into the bowels of the river and coming back out again almost as kind of baptism of realization if i'm going to go super super grandiose about it which i feel silly like even digging that much into it because it's a completely impossible body of water (laughs) but I guess that would be what I would take on it is, is that he comes out like imagining that yeah, we can't win there. We can't win. Mm-hmm. So which sort of sets up a lot of stuff in the episode. In fact, with the meeting with Tyrion, 
there's a lot of stuff that gets set up here with, you know, Tyrion is troubled. He, he doesn't, he's not bought in to the way that Danny is approaching everything. She kills the Tarleys that she's walking through an ashen wasteland by the end of it or by the end of the battle. She does get a lot of soldiers onto her side though. She does. Yeah. And she does offer them at least the chance to not be lit on fire, which is nice. <laughs> that is nice. I think that's the that, that's that's what we're led to believe is the difference between her and her father, or that's what she believes. Right. But still, burning Tyrion's people. Not really buying it. No, and burning people still seems like a bad political move, just based mm-hmm. upon precedence. But eh, whatever. She's got dragons. Yeah, you have dragons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I had dragons, I would burn stuff. Yeah. Speaking of dragons, so they fly back after the battle, and John meets Drogon face to face for the first time. He's, I think he's only ever seen them so kind when, of flying. When this thing was happening, did you realize that Daenerys was still on the dragon? Only because I figured she was, and then they show her like in a tiny little figure sitting way, way up on Drogon's back. Right. Okay. So I was watching the whole sequence where he pets Drogon on the nose, which is a big deal because that hints not even hints anymore but that is explained by his targaryen ancestry correct right yeah but so i was watching that whole sequence watching him pet the dragon not knowing that daenerys was there i thought that this was after they had returned and the dragons just wander they wander the front yard but then daenerys is is in the background and watching it watching it happen she is uh she's making some eyes at our boy because he can play with the dragon which i get because uh, because when I walk my dog, I will often meet people on the street. <laughs> and if I meet a woman on the street and she has a positive interaction with my dog, the first two seconds, I legitimately in my head think, uh, she's kind of marriage material. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it really takes. So I, I totally see eye to eye with Daenerys at that moment. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. It's a cool moment because it, uh, like one, we're getting to see like all the budget they're throwing at at least Drogon of the dragons. Yeah. Like, they've really taken their time with him now. I guess the one difference in this case is I don't meet a lot of my stepsisters. <laughs> At least not that I know of. Or no, is it... What is he? Is he... No, he's a... Well, he's definitely a half-sibling. No, because... Wait, now I'm, I confuse myself on all this sibling stuff. Re, wait, so Rhaegar's his dad? Yeah. Who is her dad? Uh, The Mad King. Oh, okay. So they're... They're cousins? cousins? They're, they're half-cousins. All right, so <laughs> that's still pretty bad. <laughs> still pretty bad. <laughs> still shouldn't happen. It's still going yeah. to be the most awkward 25-minute-long sex scene in I the mean, show. Right, yeah, that's going to be weird. <laughs> but the, I mean, if Daenerys, or not Daenerys, if Cersei goes public with the uh, her baby, with Jamie, the new baby, yeah. which we also learned in this episode, yeah. that'll set a precedent. And then Daenerys and John can be like, at least we're not like them. <laughs> That's true. We're, Those we're two one were step twins. better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're stepping it down in the weirdness. That's true. So the the baby, I've heard I've heard some people's question if it's a real thing. Yeah, there's, uh, I my immediate response to her saying that was that's a fake baby. I'm curious, what would make her feel like that was? I think Jamie is slipping. Uh, and she right? wants to keep Jamie. But does she want to keep Jamie? I guess she does. She. I mean, there's nobody that likes her except Jamie and Kyburn and the mountain. And the mountain's a zombie. And so that's really yeah. only two people. That's true. She doesn't really want to marry Euron Greyjoy. 
Right. She's oh, she's so, totally going to kill your uncle Joy if she needs to. Right, and she's also probably going to kill Braun because so she found out through Kyburn, I guess, that oh, oh, almost Braun certainly. set up the meeting with Tyrion. Yep. Yeah, if if uh, Jamie cared at all about Braun, he would get him the heck out of King's Landing. Yeah, Braun needs to leave the city now. Yeah, and she also is hearing because before that scene didn't was that the first time they had seen each other since he got back from the battle? Yeah, or was that the second time? No, he was still like okay. in muddy armor. Right. So, I mean, even then, in that moment, like the first thing he says to her, he's trying to explain to her, is that this is an unwinnable war. So she sees him already trying to get away from it. Yeah, that's true. That's a good. So point. you just make up a baby. That's yeah. Why not? I have nowhere. Um, Bron, I have nowhere Bron can go. Bron can with if he travels at season five speed, uh, very speed. He can make it to the wall and join all the other men with swords. <laughs> Yeah, he can join the party. I mean, yeah. it really at at the rate that the characters can travel, he could leave right now, and he he could be in Harry Potter tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so an interesting thing uh, as far as the link between HBO shows, a is this real or fake baby storyline also being used in Ballers this year? <laughs> <laughs> and they both Ballers have, and Game of Thrones. And they both have a mountain same, in them. Same yeah. thing. Or no, they both have a man named after a geological structure for object <laughs> yeah so john meets drogon and jorah comes back right then right then and there right yeah and they actually have an emotional hello it's nice yeah daenerys is into him coming back yeah i, I think still probably friend zoning him yeah oh yeah I think, she likes that he's back yeah and i but i still i think that's a the show doesn't do a lot of sentimentality like that and i think when it chooses mm-hmm. to it does it pretty well for the most part mm-hmm. so no I, I liked that i know i'm still a big fan of friend zone he I'm, also like cleaned himself up real nice yes he did on the walk from the college yeah and he doesn't even look that like he should look worse than he does he really because like the the armor he's wearing it that's not what he was wearing with sam right uh he was mostly not wearing clothes around sam right uh, well like the when he redressed himself and they they let him leave he put on like his his hobo clothes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and then and then he has like this black assassin's armor as soon as he shows up. That's true. You really understand what that was. Yeah. Anyways, gotta look good, I guess. Yeah, and then uh, so speaking and and on the theme of Jorah, real quickly, Brands and Winterfell, he sends <laughs> two volleys of ravens, one north mm-hmm. and one south. The first one goes yep. north and sees the marching dead. They right, get, it warrants like, the first group. Yeah, yeah. And they get looked at hard and go away. Right. And then the second... Also, um, yeah. so one thing about that, where he sends he sends the ravens up north to see the dead army. Yep. So the dead army is the only group right now in the narrative that travels at a real speed. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. It's been a while since we've seen them, and they're still not at the wall. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're shambling. They're not even, like, walking. They're just shambling. They really take a lot of breaks. They find they dig up some more giants. I hope. Uh, okay, and then the other ravens get sent to the citadel. No, is that what it's called? Yeah, Wizard the ci- school. Yeah, the citadel at Old Town, or you and know. then uh, to John as yeah. well. To John, I think he sent, they send out several. I think they send like, do they send one to Cersei? They're probably not. Uh, uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah. yeah, those are the two that we get to see the reactions. And then Jorah immediately decides to leave again. <laughs> yeah. So Tyrion comes up with the plan that the way that we can 
convince Cersei that this is more important than bickering over a throne yeah. is to bring a zombie to her. And then Joris goes like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just got back. Like, take a nap. Yeah. I think it says something, though. Like, he wouldn't leave her side before. So this is actually kind of right. a interesting spin on his loyalty. So go. Um, so he also shows up right after the dragon puppy scene. So he shows up just in time to see Daenerys kind of making eyes. He shows up, sees a topeless, and says, like, I'm going to go out on a mission. That's true. Maybe maybe he's actually secretly going to try to kill Jon. Because everybody <laughs> in that party going north is trying to kill each other eventually. So, right. Yeah, so the Tyrion has a grand plan. That, that sends this whole series of events into place. Which leads Tyrion to meet Jamie, Jamie mm-hmm. to meet Cersei, where there's a potential baby. Right. Da- Davos goes to meet Gendry. Right. And then um, when he showed up, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> this is the difference between you and me. As soon Zero as they were, as soon as they were showing Flea Bottom and a blacksmith doing stuff, I was like, "Oh, it's Gendry. Okay, uh-huh. Gendry's back in." It's- Has he always been a blacksmith? Is that his deal? Yeah, he was a blacksmith in season one when Ned Stark found him. He was a blacksmith apprentice, probably in Fleet Bottom. And what's weird too is like in all like I I read and I read recaps and listen to people talk about Game of Thrones all the time. I've heard people say bringing his name up for years, saying like, "Oh, remember Gendry? What if he shows up again?" I have like the knowledge of a character being named Gendry and existing in the world and being a returning character I have in my head. But when it actually happened, he turned around and I just went like, eh, it kind of looks like a young Christopher Nolan. Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, so I didn't know until he introduces himself to John, I think. We last saw him in season three when Davos saved him from being burnt by the Red Woman for Stannis. Yeah, but I think between that his departure in season three and now they basically said we're going to pull you back in but go work out for a couple of years because we're going to need you to swing a giant hammer get some guns we're going to give you a hammer (laughs) just like your pa yeah because that was that was the thing his his father wielded a hammer in the battle at the fork the forks the uh robert robert did robert did yeah when he beat right rhaegar oh okay got it okay i understood all that basically I just, just can't really connect all those pieces. Which adds a such a twist to them reminiscing in the dragon cave underneath Dragonstone right. where they have the dragon glass and he's about just their like, fathers. Oh, my dad knew your dad. Yeah. Let's be best friends. Yeah. Oh, your dad actually killed my dad. Right. With a hammer. And you also wield a hammer. Right. Yeah. So lots yeah. of lots of parallels here and there's some nice wordplay there too, speaking of that, with the um on the beach. Davos really like kind of owned this episode. He got all the cool lines. He got to uh, sneak out of of King's Landing by uh, pitching his fermented crab Viagra to the guards. <laughs> He's really good. You get you got to really see like, oh yeah, this guy is a master sneaky dude. Yeah. No, he's fantastic. He's the most clever of all of them, and he has good sharp, sharp humor. I love his line about yeah, nobody mind me. All I've ever done is live to a ripe old age. And he also tells he has the quick exchange with Tyrion when they first show up in their boat, and Tyrion says, "Last time I was here, I killed my father with a crossbow. Last time I was here, you killed my son with wildfire." And then, uh, what's going to happen if someone steals our boat? And he just says, "Then we're fucked. Best hurry." He got all the good lines. Yeah, he's great. 
I think he's my favorite. He's got to be my favorite. Just from, in the books, he's my favorite too. But mm-hmm. they cast him. Where? So well. What is his date in the books? At the end of the books? Uh, he is in prison. Oh no, he is about to go look for Rickon and his dire wolf at the behest of one of the northern families. I think. Oh, okay. I don't um, actually care. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so this whole thing happens at King's Landing, which is cool, and Jamie and Tyrion get to have some brotherly time together. And then we return back to Dragonstone with that crowd. Another raven has gone to Old Town, to the Citadel, and to, yeah. to Hogwarts. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how did this go over? I'm trying to remember. I mean, the all the old men. Also, so it was hard not to notice in that scene where uh, basically in the teacher's lounge, all the teachers are white. Oh, yeah. They don't got black teachers there. Uh, they don't have anyone but white teachers there, white men teachers. Right. So they get the raven that says the Night's King and the, the army is coming, and they basically laugh it off. You can tell the Archmaester, the one that knows Sam the most, is like, I kind of believe it. But the the rest of them, the other whatever, eight of them at the table, nobody takes Sam seriously, and they shoo him away. And Sam doesn't like that. No. And he actually gets fed up and takes off, but not before Gilly, reading to him at the table, like, throws in a line that he completely misses. Right. Which is, like, the biggest line in the episode. Yeah, it is. Which is that one of the, the maesters of the past, I guess, did a secret annulment of a... A marriage to I what did he call? She called him a Reger or something like that. Ray, she, did she, she she mispronounce the name? Is that what you're saying? She mispronounces the name. It, basically, I've never felt more attached to a Game of Thrones character than when one of the characters <laughs> mispronounced another character's name. Yeah, so yeah, um, she, basically, it's, it's Rhaegar and Lyanna who actually yeah. got married. It wasn't that he yeah. just stole her away and they had an illegitimate child. Is that, so, yeah. Right, so it wasn't John was a real like married couple's baby, yeah. which means he should be king. So he's actually more legitimate yeah. in the line of succession than Daenerys is. Right, so that's really important, and Sam doesn't listen at all because ultimately he is one of those <laughs> dumb white dudes at this college that just doesn't pay attention when someone's telling him good information. Yep, and then he makes what really is at this point the Sam, which is to leave in the dark of night, but as you're doing it steal a bunch of shit <laughs> that's so the, uh, steal some scrolls and some books yep. and gets on a wagon with the baby yeah where is he so he's going where winterfell i would reckon he, he thinks john is still there either that or to the wall so he's at least going to the north i'm pretty sure he i mean he has his, his yeah. blacks back on from the wall so right. I, I have a feeling he's going back to who's, who's i mean it? you'd have to pass winterfell right to get to the wall anyways so. uh you can it's more to the west but right and he actually he's pretty i think old town is the west though i'm pretty sure so yeah that makes sense whatever they all travel at the speed of light now so it doesn't right makes no difference he yeah go. he'll be there by the opening credits yeah. so of the next episode yeah he'll swing by dorn just to piss you off <laughs> he speaking, better not go to Dorne. so at winterfell speaking of that we also have one more thing we have talked about which is uh Arya. right she's a super spy yeah Although she's spying on a spy who is spying on her, yes. which is Littlefinger. And she doesn't know that. Right. I, I, look- I bet that she does know that. And she is even one further chess move ahead of him. That'd be interesting. 
basically, I think Littlefinger is getting stabbed real soon. That'd be really good news for my draft. I would draw first yeah. blood in that draft. I mean, that's your third draft pick. If you're going to get one, do you want to just do a quick Game of Thrones character draft update? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so my people that I think will die. Alaria, we still haven't seen, so she might be dead. Um, <laughs> Grey Worm, we haven't seen for a while, so he might be dead too. Jamie didn't drown in a shocker of all shocks. <laughs> and doesn't look to be in any danger yet. That's true. So not not great. My yeah. list is not great. You've got Drogon, who survived and survived very well. Yeah. And immediately started burning dudes. Yeah, I think i got to write that one off as a loss. Yeah. You do have Cersei, who, if the season goes where it looks like it's going, which is to focus on north of the Wall before the fight in Westeros, I think Cersei's going to live. I think you're probably right. But then you have Littlefinger, who I'm convinced is... I would say the over-under is like the the two-thirds mark of the next episode for him being dead. Okay. I mean, if he survives next episode, then he probably makes it out longer. Right. Yeah. I think it's fair. And no characters that we predicted to live really got in any danger. Although you do have Jon Snow who's going up into the winter. Yeah. I think um, he's the only one who's in immediate noticeable danger. But Right. But he's they're not going to kill Jon Snow. They're not going to kill Jon Snow. Um, I I did briefly have some thoughts that Tyrion might die in yesterday's episode. Really? At which parts? When they snuck back to Winterfell. They're, I mean, that's a dangerous situation to put yourself in. I don't think they're going to kill any major characters until the end of the season. Until episode seven? Yeah. yeah. Not even probably next episode. I bet, that, I bet it's seven for this, but who knows. Right. And then we have a gathering of large men with swords wandering into... <laughs> The North. Bunch of prison men. Yep. So I really like the the like you were saying earlier, Gendry and John actually do have a reason to not like each other that they don't really realize yeah. because their dads fought and killed each other. There's a bunch of people in the jail cell that want to kill all of the other people that aren't in the jail cell. Yeah. And now they are teaming up Avengers style. Yeah. But really I, it's sort of did you uh did you see Hateful Eight, the Tarantino movie? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of, it reminded me of the Tarantino movie, like that dynamic. Because everyone that's stuck in that cabin kind of wants to kill one to two other people in that cabin. But they all have to sort of stick it out together. That's what it really reminded me of. It's also uh, the dead of winter in Hateful Eight, and now they are marching out into winter. I'm hoping that they don't get into too much infighting in that group. Because that would be Mm -hmm. less interesting to me than fighting the bad guys. The bad but, guys. Yeah. Also, is there any chance that Benjen doesn't show up and help them? Oh, that's a good point. One more. I think he definitely shows up. Yeah. Which really makes it the Hateful Eight, because this then is... there'll be eight of them. <laughs> this was the, like, episode of groups of white dudes together. <laughs> so... Yeah. Just, let's like... gather them up. Let's yeah. send them out. Yeah. Let's let this table grow old and useless together, and let's send this group into the wilds to die together. Yeah, and... all the all the able bodied. We're gonna give them some weapons, and we're gonna send them into the most dangerous place on the continent. Yeah. So I know we have our draft, but I'm curious what you think outside of that for how many of those seven don't make it back to the wall. Um, I'm gonna. Well, so okay, so John definitely makes it back. Yep. I'm going to say of the other characters, the only one that I think might like that I would put even close to the certainty of John is the hound. That's a good choice. Yeah. Cause I still feel like the hound in the mountain have to fight. Don't yeah, they? I think so. I hope so. 
I mean, they're pretty. The, now they're really far apart, and we haven't even seen the mountain in like four episodes. I think the other bro- the other brothers are almost certainly on their way out. I, would... I think if I had to pick any of them to die, I think Jorah's dying. God, I hope not, but that's a good choice. Because he's it, returned. Yeah. He's returned. He saw his queen. He got that moment, and now he's gonna sacrifice himself. That's possible. How are they gonna, um, really, how are they... if there was any sort of realism in this world, they'd all be dead. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to talk about that for a little bit? Okay. <laughs> okay. So I guess what did you just overall think of this episode? I thought it was great. I thought they were moving things along. They were building up a lot. It was a there was some really interesting politics going on, but not too much. Uh-huh. It actually like pretty quickly everyone's getting on the same side, which is not expected. Uh-huh. I think everyone thought they were gonna like, you know, fight it out on Westeros first and then the next season's gonna be the north. Which is gonna be the case. The north, yeah. But now it's gonna be sort of the north with people stabbing each other in the back in the south right. as well so i'm curious how that plays out but no i liked it what you, apparently i'm guessing you didn't um okay so there's a couple things the first thing is it, it wasn't my favorite i didn't didn't i wouldn't go as far as say i disliked it yeah but i think coming off of the last two episodes where we got a lot of especially the last one like some high octane awesome this one slowed it down again okay that's fair and it, it did a lot of like moving the chess pieces around it got john up north it got Jamie back to King's Landing. It did a lot of stuff like that. It, it sent Sam on his way away from wizard school. A lot of things that are sort of, they're generally pretty emblematic of the first episode of the season. That's fair. They're, yeah. They were doing in this episode, which, I mean, to get back to an earlier point I made, like the stuff from episodes one through four, because this is five, right? Yeah. yeah. If they did, if episodes one through four were a full season, th- that would make sense why episode five felt like this. That's true. That makes sense. But so anyway, so it just, there was, they basically turned it up to 11 for two weeks and then turned the dial back down to a nice, a steady boil. It was still, still good. And the story stuff was interesting, but it just didn't have that. We likely will get next week. Now that, now that the, the gang of heroes is going North. Yeah. There'll be a lot Um, of fighting next week. Yeah. From a, construction of the episode and like relative to where it is in the rest of the season that's what kind of got me the bigger thing that i didn't like is that i'm starting to think that everybody in westeros is just a giant idiot (laughs) (laughs) nobody is smart there was just a series of stupid decisions and these are supposed to be the the leaders of this this world they're just they're a bunch of idiots yeah they can be so it starts with Braun and Jamie coming out of the river, right? First of all, this river that, I mean, that bothered me as well. This river that's also an ocean, but I guess is a river. Um, <laughs> but they come out of it and they are, I'm going to say like 200 yards away from the smoke. Like they're pretty close, right? I think it's further, but uh, but go ahead. Yeah. So you can, you can see the smoke very clearly yes. behind them. Yes. When they come out on the other side of the river. Yes. So this isn't, it's not like the Atlantic Ocean. It's it's a river. Meanwhile, there's there's Danny and her army of five thousand soldiers who are experts on horseback that can traverse the open fields like no one else. That's their whole backstory. Oh, and she also has a dragon who can fly. So she knows at the end of the battle that Jamie Lannister, arguably the most important person that she is fighting other than Cersei herself. Yes. 
I mean, that's not even arguable. She, that He's definitely number two. There's yes. no one that would be even close. There's no close third. That's true. And he actually killed her father. Right. Oh, yeah. That's the other part. So she sees Jamie Lannister ride at her and then fall into the river slash ocean. Yes. And then doesn't search at all. Does that make any sense? And she like, doesn't. Why wouldn't she? Why that, wouldn't you just say like, "Hey, Drogon, stick your head in that river." Yeah, boil the water. It can't be that deep. Yeah. Why don't you pull someone out? And also, I mean, she doesn't believe he's dead because she wasn't celebrating. Right. Yeah, she's not like, "Oh, this war is done. Yeah. <laughs> I killed that one-handed <laughs> idiot." So that so she doesn't search the river, but then she also like she's she's having this processional of the the Lannister army. And making them stand there in formation with her army backing her as she chooses people to burn alive. She doesn't need the whole Dothraki army to stand there and watch. They get it. They know that she has dragons and will use them. Why can't it? She could just say, like, look, you 20, the 20 of you standing over there, you don't need to be here. Go circle the lake or the river or whatever this dumbass body of water is. (laughs) Just in case. Just in case the most important military person in the continent that we are fighting floats out of the river. We saw him go in. <laughs> we didn't see him come out. We're not going to search the river because that would be too hard. Why don't you at least just run around the perimeter? You have horses and then, nah, nah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. We're just going to let them come out of the river on the other side and just kind of lie around for a little while. Like yeah. they got some sun, they did some tanning, and yeah. they just lay on the, the riverbank. What is the What like- is she doing? It's the it's the puddle of mystery. I think that's what it's called on the Westeros map because it keeps changing shape and hiding. Is that things really from... what it's called? No. I can't tell if you made that. Up. <laughs> the puddle. <laughs> <laughs> this world is so silly that that could have been real, and I would have believed it. Yeah, it's not a it's not a big place. You can still see the smoke. He's not that far. Okay. Also, you have a dragon. Just yeah. fly. The dragon. Yeah. Okay. So we have that. Okay, that's the first. Like, what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah. She's not that smart. Okay. Also, Tyrion's there. Like, shouldn't Tyrion say, like, I saw Jamie fall in the water. Should we go look for him? So it's not just Daenerys. It's also Tyrion, her right hand. Yes. And who, for some reason, she keeps letting make all these decisions, which we will get to as I move <laughs> forward in this rant, doesn't think to go search for Jamie. Now, he might have okay. been, like, eager for Jamie to survive. Uh, I guess. But, like, if he, I'm pretty sure he could at least, or at least I, until... Until she burned the Tarleys alive, I think he still probably thought that he could talk her into, maybe we don't kill Jamie. That's fair. Also, I think you would want to keep him alive. He's a chess piece. Like, you don't just burn him. So, uh, from a strategic standpoint, you want that. You want to capture him. There's so many reasons. Why don't you just go search the river? Everybody's dumb. Okay. So, that happens. They let him get away. And then they come back to Dragonstone. And they get this raven. And they, they come up with their... Uh, this plan to go to Winterfell because they need he needs to talk to Jamie. So Davos says like, well, I can smuggle you in, and he chooses the middle of the day. <laughs> if you're gonna <laughs> smuggle in a scarred dwarf in a land that is not populated by many dwarves, wouldn't you wait for nighttime? No, you're just gonna row up in the middle of the afternoon when the sun is up, and, and on the basis of nobody checks this open beach. <laughs> I think you could also argue what is that, he doing? and yeah. he's the one that we like the most as like the most clever, smartest chess player, right? Yeah, 
or just most rational doesn't human believe being. in nighttime yeah yeah That's, but the most rational at least yeah. doesn't believe in nighttime even though he knows and he says it like we talked about what if someone finds our boat he knows like well then we're done yeah so dude just hide a little tiny bit he walks around with nothing covering his face at least he sort of like throws a one-off line to say like well i'm old now no one would recognize me yeah like that part okay but still pretty stupid like you can put a hood on <laughs> and then there's um there's just... and, and Tyrion didn't even like when on his way back didn't even like hide in right. the bushes he just walks down the cliff <laughs> and he walk as he's walking down the cliff you see him see the guards yeah and then he doesn't like there are bushes and he's not a big person he can hide in the bushes yeah and it's probably fine they probably go back walk back up the hill with their raging crab boners that they have now um and then he just gets to get on the boat <laughs> like what's wrong with him what is he doing and then so they do that they meet with jamie they do all that stuff and that's all in the service of what is the stupidest thing which is to send a party of your best men north of the wall to fight the the giant frozen dead army like this is so for two weeks Tyrion has been uh making poor decisions as far as a military general this one is stupider than all of them (laughs) (laughs) so there's there's a massive dead army that we really can't kill without one of the like six weapons that exist that we know that can kill these things so what we're gonna do is we're going to send a half dozen people into the blistering winter and we're just going to try to kidnap one of them right out from under them. Mm-hmm. And nobody in that room goes like, oh, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> they all just kind of look at each other and say like, well, I mean, we could do that. <laughs> all good old loyal Dora doesn't even pause and just says like, I will do this thing and just signs up. And then John, the like, the most important person on that side of the, the battle. And not only does he not say like, oh, that sounds, this is a really dumb plan. I have seen <laughs> the Knights King. Like he's the one that has seen it. He knows what they can do. He knows that they're an unstoppable force to the point that he even goes to Daenerys to say, I need your dragons to help me fight this thing. Yeah. He knows. He gets it. And he hears Jorah say, I will go do this. And instead of saying like, no, dude, you're old and you're going to get slaughtered. He says, um, can I come? I want to come. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just goes like, yep. Yeah. He, he, like he even has to convince Daenerys to be like, I, I'm going to go. Yeah. Right. Right. You're going to let me go. And she's just like, yeah, that sounds, this sounds like a plan. This is like the. We would need dragons to defeat them, but seven uh-huh. white dudes can get in there yeah. and also do it. <laughs> it's like, I know that the entire reason that I came down here, the only reason that I risked everything to come in front of you and your dragons at the danger of you just cutting my head off immediately was to convince you that there is an unstoppable force that I need your help with. Unless oh, I have by six the way, I'm dudes. just going to go up there. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. There's no like logical progression of any of these decisions, and it it uh, really stuck out. <laughs> yeah. And then there was also Sam. Like we already talked about this, but Sam at the School of Wizardry is 
in the teacher's lounge getting shot down. He says, I have this information. I need you guys to believe me. There is a problem that we need to take care of, and I need your help. You have to tell everybody that this is a problem, and they'll believe you. Right. Man party just goes like, oh, you are such a crazy kid. We will not listen to you. Why don't you go make some more poop soup? And he gets chewed out of the room. And then the very next scene, he's sitting with his trusted wife, girlfriend. Are they married? I don't know. He's with Gilly. Yeah. And she says, here's some here. I, I dug up some interesting trivia and stats. Would you like to listen to them? And he is giving her a token listen and then says, look at this. What does annulment mean? What is this information that I have just found? And he just does exactly what the old white dudes do and just says like, hey, stop talking about your these problems and little jokes that you found in your book. It, life is so terrible right now. I don't know what to do. We have bigger problems. <laughs> he just does exactly what the professors do to him and doesn't he doesn't realize it. Yeah. He's an idiot. They're yeah. all idiots. Now, all that said, <laughs> all that said, what this does get us is to the hateful eight marching into north of the wall. And yeah. sign me up for a full 90 minute episode <laughs> that is only them marching into the Knights King's army. I'll, if the next episode is just that, I, that's awesome. That's great. Give me, give me two hours of it. That's fine. What is, what um, so is all the, of their uh, stupid decisions are going to pay off in entertainment value. It's just they're so, so stupid. What's wrong with them? Why is everyone so stupid? We don't have an episode title for the next episode yet, do we? I think it's The Hateful Eight. <laughs> the Hateful Eight versus oh. The Night King, directed by Quentin Tarantino. I would watch that movie. So stupid. Yeah. Everything is so stupid, and yet it got me to a place where it's like, yes, let's do this. Let's get him one-eyed guy and the hound and with your fire sword. Let's do all of it. Oh, that's right. He does have a fire sword. I forgot about that. Yeah, he does. In the scenes from next week, he lighten his fire sword on fire. Yeah. This might be our like Avengers thing we talked about in some... Like a podcast we never released, actually, I think. <laughs> the Thrones Avengers? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what they are. They're the Thrones Avengers right yeah. now. Yeah. So... They're really just missing Braun, I guess. I would definitely add to the Avengers. And um, Danny and a dragon. And and a dragon. Well, okay. So is there any chance that the culmination of the next of this story arc is Danny coming to save them with a dragon? Possibly. But I think if that happens, the dragon dies. Okay. Well, I mean, we sort of think that a dragon's going to die anyways. Yeah. So that might be why. Yeah, that's true. Then there's zombie dragon and we're totally set up yep okay plus benjamin's gonna be there he's definitely gonna be there. that's true yeah we well, gotta see benjamin out of the story at some point that's the thing they've got to start making characters drop like flies they're they're probably on that path now they've already gotten rid of right. all the like b cast and now they're gonna be starting to knock off the a cast pretty fast yeah it's main character time oh yeah. another person sorry just to go back um braun no not bran robot boy bran yes he knows everything at this point Yes. Why doesn't he talk to more people? I don't know. I, <laughs> like, couldn't he just be like, hey, uh, Arya, I know you think you're being sneaky, but that dude, he's he's on to you. Just tell Arya that Littlefinger knows what's happening. Just tell her. Just go ahead and tell her. It's fine. Yeah. He can only watch so many things at once, though. That's the problem. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> he should just talk more to people. He should. He, he knows that, all these things. Yeah. 
He, should, he still he, hasn't told anybody who John's dad is, which feels like important information that someone should know. It does. He wants to tell John first. Other than Gilly. That's true. Gilly and Bran. The two most informed characters in this show. <laughs> yeah. Surrounded just by a bunch of idiots. Yeah, that's true. And either no, <laughs> either no one will listen to them or they won't talk to anybody. Right. And meanwhile, Cersei's making up fake babies. <laughs> Everybody's just a trash pile in the show. <laughs> yeah. But uh, cool, dragons and fire swords and zombies. Let's do it. (laughs) Sounds good. Okay. Anything else? No. That's all my thoughts on this episode. Everyone's an idiot. Where can people find us? You can find us at NOTWpod on Twitter, northofthewallpod.com. I'm C. Campbell Art, at C. Campbell Art. And I'm at the Justin Perez. Really, I have to figure out who has at Justin Perez and buy it from them. It really pisses me off that I don't have that. Contact the guy. Yeah. Say, look, this is for the best. <laughs> this is for the best. This is. Um, yeah, just give it to me. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much, and see you next week. Yeah. Salute me, familia. <laughs>